The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. All right, well, let's get to our next guest uh, to talk about that uh, very subject uh, of Taiwan and Nancy Pelosi. We've got Richard McGregor, senior fellow at the Lowy Institute. Richard, thank you for joining us. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, what's the upside for Nancy Pelosi to conduct this mission, if you can call it that? And secondly, does it risk if, effectively um, destabilizing or uh, the arguably the most important conflict in the world right now, and that's Ukraine, which could result in China turning from putative Moscow ally to a real one? Well, I think, you know, there's the personal upside for her. This is obviously a legacy trip. She's unlikely to be speaker for much uh, longer. Uh, many Republicans in particular and some Democrats are, are urging her on. So in that respect, she reflects a significant uh, amount of the um, of, of the viewpoint in Congress itself. I wouldn't say it so much destabilizes the situation, but I do think it gives China an opportunity, which the US doesn't welcome, to, to just show how far it's come since the last Taiwan crisis. Uh, you know, it can conduct military operations now, live fire ex exercises, which surround Taiwan, something they couldn't do before. So this gives China to make a point to show how the balance of power around Taiwan has absolutely been absolutely transformed in its favor. Uh, and I think that that's the point they want to make. So how about that question that was raised in the South China Morning Post? Uh, confident superpower or insecure? Richard, I know you spent a lot of time in, in Beijing and, and uh, wrote a fabulous book about the party. Uh, which one is it, in your view? Well, it's always been a, a mixture of one and the other. But I think the sort of insecure superpower sort of, you know, pushes them to, to sort of uh, exceed um, what they've previously been able to do. I, I think, frankly, they, they, you know, if you had to ask me one or the other, China is increasingly confident. Obviously, the last year with COVID zero has struck that a little bit. But China is increasingly confident it has America's measure, uh, particularly in terms of the military balance uh, in, in the region. So I would not underestimate uh, China's growing power. Uh, Richard, you didn't address the last part of my question, which was, does this actually turn Beijing uh, more into a Russia ally now? Or, or could it turn in that direction, in your view, as a consequence of this? I think they'd already decided that. It doesn't affect that uh, materially, in my view. China was squirming initially in the early days of the Russia invasion of Ukraine, but they picked, they've got their lines pretty much right since then. Uh, from their perspective, you know, this is a long-term partnership because they see long-term benefits from allying with Russia in many areas in terms of energy, foodstuffs, imports, and gathering as many friends on their side in the contest with the United States. 
So it might, you know, um, reaffirm that slightly, but I don't think it makes a material difference. Neil Ferguson was on our air yesterday uh, on this program, in fact, and and one of the things that that he was saying was that, um, that probably what China would would likely do is to is to find a way to clamp down on the semiconductor industry in Taiwan. Uh, is that something that that they can do, um, and and what sort of form would that take? You know, I think that's a bit of a weird thing to say, if I might um, put it like that. China, I'm not quite sure what clamping down on the semiconductor uh, industry means, but if you look at the market share of TSMC and UMC, uh, you know, 60% uh, of the foundry market, if China's clamping down on that, they're clamping down on themselves because these are all imports into the sorts of things that China assembles and then exports or uses itself. So I don't, I think any um, uh, exercise that China has for Taiwan is not designed to damage TM and TSMC. One day into the far distant future, they might like to think they would control it, but I don't think they want to clamp down on it. Richard, give us your prediction of what the fallout of this is in the medium term. You know, I think it is right to talk about the medium term. I think we're going to see an, an accumulation of measures. It's not going to be sort of one whiz-bang sort of uh, uh, re- form of retaliation. It's going to be military, it's cyber, it's political, it's trade. We've already seen uh, some of these measures uh, initially. I think the Chinese response is going to roll out over months, not just weeks. Really quickly, Richard, uh, some people think Russia's weaker after its escapade in Ukraine. Is China weaker now than it was a year ago because of COVID and other factors? Well, it's less steady than it was a year ago. A year ago, we had you know, Chinese state propaganda, which had a, some degree of credibility about how they had handled COVID better. I don't think they could say that anymore. And they're still in the throes of struggling to deal with this, whereas other countries have moved on. Um, you know, the death rate is still lower. All right, Richard, thank you so much for joining us. Old friend Richard McGregor, senior fellow at the Lowy Institute, with us here live on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.